0: The words that I want to leave with you tonight are found there in verse 24. It's a long title for the message, but I'm just reading it out of the scriptures. The man brought the men into Joseph's house. The man brought the men into Joseph's house. The incident in the verses before us in the history of Joseph and his brothers gives to us, as far as I'm concerned, a very wonderful picture of the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever considered that before or thought about it in this light, but that's the way I've been looking at it these past number of days. And I will develop that idea as we continue with the message. Now, in this particular story, Joseph's brethren have come down into Egypt uh, for the second time, bringing Benjamin with them as Joseph had commanded. But his brother still did not recognize Joseph. But the Bible says that when he saw Benjamin, his heart was filled with joy. This was his real brother. They had the same mother. The last time he saw him, he was only allowed maybe five or six years of age. Good number of years have passed since then. So he was overjoyed, he was absolutely delighted to see his brother Benjamin. And so he told his steward or the ruler of his house in verse 16, bring these men home and slay and make ready for these men shall dine with me at noon. And the ruler according to the next verse, he did as Joseph bade him and brought the men into Joseph's house. But their hearts were filled with fear. Now you can imagine the situation. The money that they had used to buy grain before had been restored into their sex. And now they were back again and they thought there was something very suspicious about this. Why has the governor invited us to dine with him? Surely he has something up his sleeve. Surely he has something against us. He wants our money. He wants our asses. He wants whatever we have. And so they had these thoughts in their mind. What has the governor in store for us? So they approached this man of authority, the ruler of Joseph's house or the steward to express their concerns. And it says there in verse 19, they communed with him at the door of the house. And then they told him about the money that they had paid for the corn uh, that they had bought on their first visit that had been returned to them. And how they were deeply troubled by this. They didn't steal it. They hadn't a scheme, they hadn't a plan, an operation. And so they said that they were horrified when they found this money uh, returned to them. And then the steward assured them and comforted them by saying unto them, "Peace be to you; fear not." Verse twenty-three. Just keep that in mind. Then he proceeded to provide them with water to wash their feet, to prepare themselves to come into the presence of the governor, so that they might be fit to dine with the governor who had issued to them the invitation to come. And then once that was done, the man, the ruler, the steward, brought these men into Joseph's presence. And then they sat down to eat with him. There's a wonderful picture of the work in leading and bringing God's people into the presence of Christ and immediately sit down and dine with him and enjoy fellowship and communion with the Lord. I have three simple things and I want to highlight here about these brothers. Bear with me. And think about the picture that is painted here. It's a wonderful picture. It's relevant for us tonight as we draw near into the presence of God. Now, the brothers are brought into the presence of Joseph. He said to the ruler of his house, bring these men home. Now, is this not a great anticipation of a far greater message that God would send to sinners generally? Come, for all things are ready. I think it is. Wonderful gospel picture here. Now, if we take Joseph as a type of Christ then we can then the interpreter through whom he talked to his brothers, the ruler of his house speaks to us, at least in a faint fashion of the Holy Spirit, the executor of the divine will. You see, when Joseph gave the command, the man immediately obeyed that command and set about to do exactly what the governor required of him. So when you think about the picture. Joseph called his brethren to this feast, but they were brought home into Joseph's presence by the man. And then the word of God, we have this great call in the gospel to come for all things are ready. That's the work of Christ. He's accomplished redemption, but he brings his people to himself through the work of the Holy Spirit typified here in the portion before us. Now Joseph's brethren had shared their fears with the ruler and he reminds us of the other comforter because he spoke to these troubled brethren about what was troubling them. He speaks peace to troubled hearts for he says, peace be to you, fear not. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the great comforter. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to comfort the hearts of the people of God. And then we can see that he provided them with water to wash their feet. So we have a thought here of of cleansing. And and so the Holy Spirit is the one who takes the word because water in the Bible is a type of the word. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes the word and applies it to our hearts. To get our hearts right to bring us into the presence of the great king so once this had taken place once they had received assurance from the man once they had received the the water to wash their feet to prepare them to enter into the presence of the governor then when that happened when that occurred the man the steward the interpreter whatever he led them into the presence of of the governor. And it was only then when he led them into the presence of Joseph, that they saw him face to face and they met with him and they sat down with him. Here we have this vital ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to meet with Christ tonight, in this time of prayer, we need the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You can be sitting here tonight in this prayer meeting, you're glad to be here, we're glad to see you. But listen, you need to have a personal dealing with God tonight. And that there's only as the Spirit of God leads you, engages you and brings you into his divine presence, that you will get through to him, that you will see him, and you will leave having received benefit from being in the presence of Christ. Remember Esther? She was raised up for such a time as the days in which she lived. And uh, Mordecai had encouraged her to go in to speak to the king on behalf of her people. She was afraid, but yet she showed great courage. She said, If I perish, I perish, so be it. Now, before she came into the presence of the king, she adorned herself in the royal robes. She's going into the presence of the king. And so she adorns herself with the royal robes. And so no doubt she had all the spices and the perfumes upon her. When she came to appear in the presence of the king. To make her look good in his presence. There was the preparation. Preparation is needed to draw near to God. We just don't run in there. And get on our faces and begin to pray. No, we take a moment to reflect. We take a moment to be still. We take a moment to get our hearts prepared to unburden ourselves in the presence of God. And there she stands and all of her beauty, all of her beauty, always stand complete in Jesus Christ. And it is only through him that we have the right to draw near to the King of glory and the King, her husband was moved. And he held out the golden scepter. She found favor in his sight. And tonight we are a needy people. We have a great burden. Our people are perishing. And thank God we're clothed with the robe of his righteousness. And we need to be still and know that he is God. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 46 verse 10. And that word, be still, means to, to cease, to desist. It actually also means to be silent. So we're drawing now into the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is there to lead us. Washing us through the word, cleansing us, preparing us to enter into his presence. We've got to be silent. We've got to be still and know that thou art God as we come near into his divine presence. There's a man called Simeon in Luke chapter 2. And he came by the spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus. Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus in to be dedicated. To be surrendered unto the Lord. He was led in there by the Spirit. Into the presence of Christ. And he saw and he met Jesus. And he burst forth into praise. When the Spirit of God leads us into the presence of Christ. We too will break forth with praise in our hearts. For we will see him as he is. Our great redeemer. The king of kings and the lord of lords. The great I am. Jehovah Jireh the Lord, our righteousness. It's a very serious thing to be in a prayer meeting, a very serious thing to be in the house of God, very serious thing to be a Christian. We've got these examples of men and women walking by the Spirit. The wise men from the East, they were led into the presence of the child Jesus. According to what we read in Matthew chapter two, they were guided by the star. That was the first thing that caught their attention. I don't believe that the star was there all the way, but it appeared to point them in the right direction. And then they were guided by the sun and the scriptures, because when they consulted the scriptures, they realized that the child wasn't to be born in Jerusalem. The child was to be born in Bethlehem. And so they were led in this way And they were brought into the very presence of Jesus Christ. Oh, come, let us adore him. For he alone is worthy, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's here tonight. He's come to bless. He's come to pour out a blessing upon his people. For those who are led by the Spirit into his divine presence. To lay hold upon it. To receive the blessing. The Bible says... As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that word led is an interesting word. That means willingly led. Willingly led. Oh, that we might be willing to be led tonight into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. The Word of God tells us in Romans 8:26: the Spirit helped with our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought." Now that word help with is also interesting. It's only found twice in the New Testament here in Romans chapter 8, 26. And again, in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, remember the situation with Mary and uh, Martha. Mary, she took up her possession at the feet of Jesus. Martha, she was serving in the kitchen and she got irritated and said, listen, t- tell her to come and help me, there's the word. It's only found twice in the Bible, in the New Testament. It means to take hold with, to assist. Send Mary to assist me here. And it's the Spirit of God who helps us, who assists us, who leads us, who guides us in prayer. He guides us into the presence of Christ and then he guides us as to what we ought to pray. When you don't know what to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Are you praying now that God will lead you by his spirit into his presence? You're in the presence of fellow believers. They have God is upon the righteous, but are we praying? Oh, let me see Jesus tonight. Let me be in his presence. Let me be caught up with him tonight. And so the brothers, they're brought into the presence of Joseph. Then the second thing is the brothers are bowing down in the presence of Joseph. So so now, the uh, servant, the ruler, the interpreter, has brought these men into Joseph's presence. When Joseph came home, it says in verse 26, they brought him the present which they had in their hand and bowed themselves to him on the earth. What does that suggest to you? These were very proud boys. Uh, And you can read the story about these men. Genesis 37 and so on. They were hard boys, ungodly boys. But now we see them on their faces before the brother that they hated, the brother that they sold, the brother that they rejected. Now they're on their faces before him. What does it suggest to you? Oh, there's humility here. Oh, they don't understand what's going on here, but there's humility because they bow down before this governor of Egypt. Now it's worthy to notice that Joseph had a dream Uh, in which he saw his brothers bowing down, Genesis 37. You have actually two dreams there, but the the one in particular is found in verses 9 and 10, the 11 stars. That was a reference to his 11 brothers, and they fell down before him. They're bowing down, you see. And I suppose at that moment, Joseph could look back all those years to the dream that they had. It caused so much trouble in the family and caused these children to hate him so much And now, there he is, the governor, alive and well. And their destiny is in his hands. And he looks at them and he says, God answers prayer. He said, God gave this promise, gave this vision long ago, and God has honored his word. He always does. You can depend upon God. And Joseph all through those years, depended upon God, and when he saw these eleven brothers, or these brothers, on their faces before him, he remembered it well. God's word never fails. Of course, you have uh, the, uh, the the dream about the, the the sheaves in verses seven and eight. So prophecy was fulfilled here. And when Joseph came, they bowed themselves to him to the earth, and they made obeisance to him. And that word simply means they prostrated themselves. Oh, it's hard to get low. It's hard to humble ourselves before God. we've got a stubborn streak within us. I'm pointing to me now. We've got a stubborn streak within us. That's the way we're built inside with the old nature. And these men, they had to be humbled had to be brought low and God brings him low here down to the feet of the governor. Oh, we need to be brought low down to the feet of Jesus to behold him as he is our king, the Lord of righteousness, the God who knows all things and has all power and all powerful almighty God. Is there not gospel truth here? What am I getting at? Philippians 2 verse 1. Uh, that's not for verse two, it's in Philippians. It a day is coming when every knee shall bow before him. Isn't that it? And, and you know, there's so many people down through the ages have hated the Lord and despised him and treated him in an abominable fashion. But the day's coming when every knee shall bow before him. Here we see Joseph. These brothers are on the faces before Joseph and a day is coming when all will bow before King Jesus. It's all here in the word. Simple illustration. Food for our souls. And so they're on their faces and they bring the present to Joseph that their father had sent. Now does that not sound familiar as well? What about the wise men? We mentioned them already a few minutes ago. They came from the east. And what did they bring? Well, they brought three different gifts. We know that. gold, frankincense, and Myrrh. And when they came into the presence of King Jesus, they bowed before him and they presented their gifts just the way these brothers are on their faces. And now they present their gift to Joseph. There's something far more precious than gold and silver to Jesus. It's you. You, me. At the end of the day, that's what the Lord wants. Yes, he can take your silver and your gold and your talents and he can use all of those things. I don't understand why. I'm sure you don't either, but that's the way it is. But he would rather have you. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. That's what I would say. And the Lord is no man's debtor, but he would rather have you. There's anything else that you could give him or present to him. The leper kneeled before him, and he he had a great need. Make me clean. The man of Gadara, he also fell before Jesus, and he had a great need as well. Various needs must be brought to the feet of Jesus. And you notice what happened next. So they're on their faces. They brought the gift in with them, and then... Joseph begins to speak to them in verse 27, and they ask them of their welfare. It's not interesting. that word welfare simply means well-being. So here we see now that they have been led into the presence of Joseph by the one who points us to the Holy Spirit. They have been prepared. They've been washed. They have humbled themselves before him. They're on their faces. They brought the present. And now Joseph begins to speak to them. And what does he talk to them about? He talks to them about their welfare. How you doing? You keep them well. How are you? And so Joseph began to speak to them. He showed an interest in them. And let me tell you something, Jesus is interested in all of his people, cares for his people, cares about us. Sometimes we may not live up to the reputation a child of God has, but the Lord loves us, cares for us. He's thrilled when we love him and serve him and do those things. But you notice, these men met the man at the door of the house before they were brought into the house of Joseph, into the banqueting part of the house, at the door. Now, what does that suggest to you? So, before entering into the house and into Joseph's presence to dine with him, some things needed to be sorted out. Oh, that's just a serious part now. Some things need to be sorted out. What about the money in our bags? What about these things? These things are troubling us. So there were certain things had to be sorted out before they were brought right into the dining house. The part where the meal was to be organized and enjoyed. And so many times when we come to bow in the presence of God, even in my study, I get down before God. I don't just rush in right away. I wait for a moment or two. I I get still. I say nothing. I sit there. I wait for a moment or two until I'm I'm calm, until I think sorted out. And many times we have things to get sorted out before we pray, before we dare enter into the presence of the great King. So I've got to get these things sorted out with the help of the Holy Spirit. So they came to the door before they entered into the presence. And they got things sorted out. And that's the way we come into God's presence. We don't come into his presence lightly. We need to be guided into his presence. We need to be still and know that he's God. Thou God seest me. Getting things put right before appearing in the presence of the governor is told of the inventor, Samuel Morse, the Morse code, and, and so on. And uh, he was asked on one occasion if he ever encountered situations where he didn't know what to do. Ah, uh, we meet those all the time, don't we? And, and so he, he responded, and I like this more than once. And whenever I could not see my way clearly, I knelt down and prayed to God for light and understanding. In other words, he was saying, I got on my face before God and I didn't know what to do. It's a good policy to follow from a human being. It's good for us to emulate great heroes of the faith and their good points. Uh, And Morse uh, received uh, many honors from his inventions of the telegraph, but felt undeserving. And this is what he said i have made a valuable application of electricity not because i was superior to other men but solely because god who meant it for mankind must reveal it to someone and he was pleased to reveal it to me all great humility that's the point with these men now god has taken a dealing with them he's bringing them low they have a lot to learn he brings them down before he exalts them So we thought about these two things. I've got to come to a close. The brothers are brought into the presence of Joseph by the man. It's a person, you know, by the man. The brothers are bowing down in the presence of God. Oh, come, let us adore him tonight. Let us adore him. Christ the Lord is here. And then the third thing, and I'll be brief. The brothers are banqueting together in the presence of Joseph. It says here, he took, this is Joseph took, and he sent messes unto them from before him. They drank and were merry with him. Now that word mess, uh, it simply means uh, a serving. So we're talking here about servings and the word messes means servings. Uh, They set on for him, they set a place for Joseph. Now, the way it was, the traditional way in those times, that the Egyptians would not sit with Jews, you see, or an Israelite. And Joseph sat by himself and these men, they sat by themselves. But in the providence of God, Joseph had ordered that they sit in the, in the, the, the way that they were born. And that's why the men marveled. How did he know the way we were born? And so they were all had their seat to sit in, you see, from the very oldest right down to the youngest. And they marveled, how did he know this? They still didn't recognize Joseph. And the Bible says in verse 34, they sat before him. Oh, now, and Joseph is a type of Jesus Christ. We have these brethren who have been humbled. They've been led by the spirit, by the man into the presence of Joseph. They've been in their faces before God, and now they're sitting before Joseph. The Lord reminds us here of the great feast set on for the prodigal when he returned home. Think of Levi and Matthew. After his conversion, he invited Jesus home. Oh, can you imagine what was talked about that day? A man converted by grace, saved from the bondage of money and deceit. How oh, I'd ought to talk to Jesus about that day. Think about. Zacchaeus, the same kind of man. Jesus arrived at his house. Zacchaeus had other publicans invited in. You can imagine the conversation that day. Jesus in the midst. They sat with Jesus. This is the time tonight to come to sit at the feet of Jesus. Feeding upon Christ. Getting our hearts ready to pray. Giving us the, the, the material to pray. To seek the face of Oh, the King Mary sat at Jesus' feet. She was listening. The man of Gadara sat at Jesus' feet. He was learning. He initially came, Lord, I want to be with you. Jesus said no. He said unto the man, return to thine own house. So he's learning. So we can listen at his feet. We can learn at his feet. But oh, let us worship tonight at his feet. The brothers were united after many years apart. This is something that's very unique here. All the brothers were together for the first time in years. It's not an amazing thing. And the first time in all those years, the last time Joseph saw them, they were heading away and he was going to Egypt. The deed had been done, but now They're all together, they're united together. And they're feeding together. They drank and were merry with him. There's an abundance of everything, you see. They're feeding upon the things Joseph provided for them. The word merry is only found six times and look and remember the man who fared sumptuously every day. That word fared is the same word, merry. He fared sumptuously every day. And there's no reason why we as the people of God should not fare sumptuously every day upon Christ as we sit before him and feed upon the loving bread. Oh, what we need is a sight of the glory of God. And that word, Mary and I close, it conveys the thought of gladness and joyfulness and rejoicing. There was joy in the presence of Joseph. Oh, that we might see Jesus tonight. And joy in him. Joy in the fullness of his great salvation. So the one who was rejected, the one who was sold, the one who was imprisoned, the one who was exalted, now they're in his presence. And they're joyful. Past is forgotten about. This was going to be a new beginning for these brothers. Things would never be the same again. They have a little ways to go yet until Joseph reveals himself, but they're getting there. Oh, may we be getting there tonight? May the Lord reveal himself to us in a very special way. Can you imagine how Joseph must have been feeling? to see his brethren before him. Can you imagine the thrill that comes to the heart of Christ when he sees his people united together in Christ in a like this? He rejoices over us with great joy. The Lamb of God. So the subject has a very simple one. The man brought the men into Joseph's house. Now may the Spirit of God lead us into His divine presence as we pray. Okay. Amen. May God bless His word to all of our hearts.